Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Dogs. As always, we appreciate you tuning into the new kids on the block for the always entertaining, sometimes wild takes that we bring to you. Don't forget to like and subscribe below and keep a lookout for us on IG and Twitter at Dynasty Dogs FF, all one word, for daily updates and content. Also, make sure you go to underdogfantasy.com and use our code Dynasty Dog to get a free $25 on top of your $10 deposit. Enjoy. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Dogs. Hope everybody's having a good week. First week of NFL in the books. I know it's pretty wild. I know you guys enjoyed a lot of stuff. Nick, Khan, we talked about some pretty crazy storylines. I'm going to get into a few different things today. Uh, I think we're kind of going to overview just last week in general, talk a little bit about the highlights of stuff that we saw. I think overall, our, our real... Deep dives are going to be the mystery of Brandon Ayuk in San Francisco. I know, I know Nick, Nick's heart is just like kind of beating out of his chest. All the, all the shares he's got at Ayuk. I'm still buying low on him, so we got a lot of stuff to talk about with that. Uh, what we can expect from this rookie class, I think last week was a really good landscape of, of what we have um, from talent. And then obviously we want to see what type of production it's going to bring, right? So that's going to be something we're going to overview. Also want to talk about Green Bay. What's going on there? What can we expect long-term, um, especially this year specifically? Um, we're gonna I expect a bit- one point from Rodgers every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely the, I think the headline for us is who is Aaron Rodgers right now and is he going to stay there? Um, and then we'll, we'll touch a little bit on Elijah Mitchell. Like I said, we're going to talk on San Fran, a couple of different trades we've made, and then we'll do our dogs of the week. So uh, without further ado, how are we doing boys? Yeah, there's a lot to touch on today. So, you know, we'll get right into it. What's good con. What's going on? Um, you know, let's not waste too much time. Let's just go right in. Let's start us off with Brandon. Ayuk. <laughs> yeah. All so, right. Uh, okay. As we all know, I am the big Brandon Ayuk fan of the bunch. I know we all like him, but I just want to say, first off, I'm still as bullish as I am. I was on him in August. Like, I'm not really worried long-term. You know, I still think he's as talented as I thought he was then. And I'm sure Kyle Shanahan will eventually get over whatever this is that he's going through. Like, some emotional stuff, I guess. Maybe got his feelings hurt. Um... So basically, I'm going to urge people this week, I think we all agree, I think you you sit him as long as you have like a viable person on the bench to replace him for the week. I just, you know, what we saw last week, he goose-egged. He was in all of my lineups. I didn't think much of the hamstring. It's just like too risky with what Shanahan's saying right now. But a good something good about this is I saw like a quote today from Shanahan and what he said basically is like he one quote is I'm happy with Ayuk and there's nothing against Ayuk. So that's good news. I don't really think he's in the doghouse. I think it's more like he missed some time in camp and Sherfield was looking good. Like I did tweet that like during the preseason. I liked how he played. Yeah, you did. Realistically, Ayuk is much more talented. He's better in almost every aspect, basically. So really long-term, don't worry. But this week, I'd probably say sit him and see what happens. Yeah. You just don't want to get burned with another goose egg or two-point performance. Like, that's my thoughts. What, 
What about yeah. you guys? No, I mean, I, I kind of, if you don't mind, I'm going to jump in. I mean, my big thing with it is, you know, Kyle Shanahan has shown us he doesn't really give a shit about our fantasy lineups. You know what I mean? He's going to put a product out on the field and he's going to make sure that product produces at a high level. Um, I think the quote was, if he wants to be out there every single play, he's got to be a lot better than the guy behind him. The context that really is, I mean, he wasn't him, right? Wasn't the guy in front of him. Um, a lot better than the guy behind him is what it's. Yeah, I guess. Um, I don't know why it's quoted that way, but anyway, uh, point being, I mean, you know, he was out, he was hurt. He was banged up throughout camp. There was a quote at one point, And I think Nick, you shared this today in our group chat about how he was working through the vaccination process. We've heard about coaches um, in different situations. Urban Meyer made a comment about it. Obviously the whole situation with Bill Belichick and Cam, you know, there could be a piece to that too. Maybe he's not vaccinated. He's I really don't out of good think graces. that's a big piece. I think it is him missing time with the hamstring more. And like, he also had a few drops in preseason that could have yeah. something to do with it. I mean, there's it's just a whole mix. There's just stuff we're not going to know is, is kind of where I'm going with that. I mean, I, I don't yeah. disagree that, you know, maybe it has nothing to do with that. Maybe it has everything to do. We, we really won't know. And it's not like Kyle Shanahan's ever going to come out and be like, this is exactly what it is. I mean, look at Dante Pettis. I mean, he was supposed to have this monster year with the 49ers and obviously that happened. People are comparing these situations, situations. They're not the same. I mean, Brendan Ayuk is actually really good. Bro, Pettis Ayuk couldn't is even so much better. So I mean, much I mean Pettis couldn't even make the Giants roster. Pettis. Yeah. I mean, they're just, they're not comparable talents. Ayuk to me coming out, I, I was really high on him when he got drafted by them. I was like, pretty excited because i was like oh he man this is a guy for picks they're not gonna yeah give up on a guy. yeah but i mean like you know it, it's just it, listen it's a situation that's frustrating but at the end of the day you have to remember that these teams are looking at things from a different perspective especially a guy like kyle shanahan i mean he's one of the brightest minds in the nfl he knows what he's doing you know obviously everybody thought that trey sermon was the guy actually funny enough i, I don't know I, i'm sure i have some tweets about it back but elijah mitchell was kind of who i liked um, I was never bought into that backfield. I think I had two shares and I sold them to the Trey Sermon owner at some point in the off season for, you know, maybe a second at most. Um, so it wasn't like I cashed in or anything. So I'm not trying to toot my horn, but, um, Kyle Shanahan is never really going to show his hand. People thought he was taking Mac Jones, took Trey Lance. Um, so he's definitely kind of, kind of beat, uh, moved to the beat of his own drum, um, keep him out of your lineups this week. It doesn't matter if he goes off. Great. He went off on your bench. You know, you're safe for next week. Um, it looks like he's off the injury report, so he's going to play. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you just don't want to take that chance. If you have depth, great. Don't sell him. I sold him. So I did a deal yesterday that um, I sold a little low on my side. And then I took the picks that I received, which was a late first and a late third. Um, and I flipped those for Brendan Ayuk and I ended up looking a lot better in the end. So, you know, still buy low if you can. Um, it's like Jamar Chase all off season. People were shitting all over him, at least I guess the, the second half of the off season and look at him now, you know, you can't acquire him for um, really anywhere close to where he was going over the last three weeks. So um, Tom, I mean, what are, you, what are you thinking about that? Yeah. I can't wait for the Kyle Shanahan tell all book. Once, once, <laughs> when he's when he's like seventy and he just you know says reveals like, everything. Yeah, and and it's like you know Brandon Ayuk, like forgot to feed my dog when I was in New York and now I'm not playing him, <laughs> like, something like that. Yeah. So just just to to keep everybody informed, um, a beat writer for the Niners, who uh, works for the Athletic, in an article that he had, he said um. Trent Sherfield and Debo Samuel appear to be the team's top wideouts during individual drills. That what was the first to go through the paces. Then came River Kukraft and Mohamed Sanu, followed by Travis Benjamin and Jawan Jennings. Last in the drills was Brandon Ayuk. So, like, like a it's nightmare. It's such 
it's, it's so it's so unreal because you know like like we like you were saying we can sit here and and say whatever we want to say about the situation but we don't know what's going on we don't know if this is warranted if it's not you know that's whatever we can't worry about that but i agree with what you guys said about not starting him and if he goes off and catches a 70 yard bomb on your bench i can live with that it's just you know he gave you a goose last week didn't he that's why I got to buy low now. Like, yeah. I don't know how long this window is going to be open, so I would take advantage. You know, um, I'm totally fine. You know, like, I'll give you an example. In one league, in a redraft, I have Will Fuller coming off a of suspension. Curtis Samuel's hurt. Odell's hurt. Michael Thomas is still uh, on the EIR. So I just flat out cannot play Brandon Ayuk. Like, I'm just going to play Will Fuller. I, I can't really afford to take a zero. You know, I hope Will Fuller is just, you know, I assume Will Fuller is going to be out there way more than Brandon Ayuk because it doesn't sound like Kyle Shanahan really wants to play the guy right now. Um, so that's where I'm at. And, you know, it's upsetting, but it's what it is. I mean, is. listen, you know, reading about it too, you know, Kyle Shanahan, his philosophy is targets and reps are earned. And he's very similar Bro, to the he type of guy. he's the Joker or something. <laughs> well, dude, I mean, think about it from like a Joe Judge perspective, right? Like he said it from day one. I don't care what your draft capital is. I don't care what you look like. I don't care who you are to the organization. If you get outperformed, you will get benched. I mean, for our our you know purposes of Giants fans, you know, Matt Pert was locked in as the right tackle. Nate Solder decides to take a pay cut and he ends up taking that job. So, I mean, obviously that's a bad thing because we know Nate Solder's terrible. So, I mean, it's a weird comparison, but I'm just making the point, like coaches are not always going to just play a guy because he has a high draft capital or because they liked him at a certain point. If someone outplays them, outsnaps them, puts themselves in a position to outperform them, guess what? You're losing your job. So again, I don't think any of us are saying to panic because I, I'm personally still buying um, any league I'm in. I mean, Nick's usually in that league, so he's not selling to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but again, guys, like you, you just don't want to panic in these situations. I mean, certain situations, it's okay. Like if you found out that DeAndre Swift may have murdered someone and you decided to make a trade before that news broke and you got good value. Great. If you made a trade and you got bad value, guess what? DeAndre Swift didn't murder anybody. And like, you're still holding. So that's the similar situation. Like you feel like maybe a isn't going to play and hold the same value when you want to sell. Now you could do that, but you're paying pennies on the dollar, you know, hold out, wait and, and let him be the guy that you think he is. So are um, we, we're good on Ayuk now. Yeah, I feel like we've covered that pretty extensively. Oh, Everybody thing, knows where we're at. To say, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, with Ayuk not playing, you know, Debo just went off. Kittle had, I think, like four for 80, but he had a fumble, something like that. Yeah, Kittle's stat line wasn't great. Yeah. So, as long as Ayuk isn't playing, I know Kittle didn't, you know, pop off last week, but those guys, like Debo is an automatic wide receiver, too, if Ayuk isn't in there. It's just... Well, Kittle was also blocking a lot this week. I yeah. think there was just a weird... Kittle, you yeah. always are going to start. You can yeah, never of course. Bench. Yeah, you don't... Yeah, no. No, but uh, I think that's that's kind of where we're at with that. Again, y'all, uh, just the overview. Don't trade them. Bench them this week. See what you can, you know, see what you can do if you can buy them low and, and move on from there. Um, next topic we wanted to cover is is our, our really just our overview of the rookie wide receiver class. I think from this last week, we really got a good understanding that, okay, we were right. This is a good class. It's deep. We have a lot of talented players. Devontae Smith obviously showed that skill set that he had in college where he has a ridiculous release off the line. His route running is just superb, and he has the ability to get open where he wants to find the soft spot in the defense and, and, and eat. 
ton smiling because he hates Devontae Smith. He doesn't like good players, so he's not going to like him. Um, he is our resident uh, Darnell Mooney truther, so it doesn't really add up. But again, I'm not a Darnell Mooney truther. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, you know I got to give you more truther. Honestly, I'll take that tag. That's all right. That's all right. I'm just giving, I'm just busting chops here. Uh, obviously Jalen Waddle, he showed why he was picked as high as he was. I mean, just absurd speed ability to break open in the open field. Um, he has that connection with Tua. We've seen that all summer in the reports. I know a lot of people were a little worried. Nick had even mentioned, you know, the reports about his ankle, different stuff, but I have you know, to say that. Yeah. So like, remember, like you said, like when we were talking about wide receiver rankings and I said, Jalen Waddle, you had a blast, right? I don't want to own him. I said that because I told you guys that I had read those tweets, you know, that I saw like beat writers from the Dolphins saying he's walking with a noticeable limp. And I was like, it's nine months after his surgery on his. It was Omar too, who hates on the two. Yes. He's an idiot. Never listen. Don't follow. That's my lesson learned. I'm not one of those (laughs) people you see on Twitter that every two weeks they're going to change their stance on something, but I am higher on Waddle than I initially thought because the injury worries from that idiot omar they're just like you know i was talking to johnny about it today you guys know i bought a share of him before the season so this isn't because he had a good game yeah no because like i was misled and i admit it and this won't happen often because i'm not all those people on twitter like well i mean i'm not gonna say anyone but it it boils down to this right like being a good owner you adjust and you 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 reevaluate your process at all times you're always looking for weak spots you're always looking to understand the nuances of dynasty and understand that things do change in the nfl from you know day to day um so nick obviously made that adjustment properly con coming in i think he said waddle was his favorite wide receiver just overall he felt like that tyreek hill comp was there but at the same time he went to a, a system that he doesn't love i know he has shares he's not all in because you know he's just not as as uh, much of a believer in, in what tua can do as a downfield um passer and things like that but again he's bought into a point where he's differentiated his his uh assets and he's able to you know, if he hits, own some shares. If he doesn't, you know, it is what it is. But I'm um, kind of moving on. I mean, obviously, Chase and, and these other guys, I mean, we, we saw a really good week of wide receiver play. I mean, I, I guess from what we saw, what are you guys thinking and, and where are you guys at with these wide receivers? Do you feel like this is a comparable class to last year where we saw guys like T. Higgins and and Chase Claypool and these late risers that people weren't really as high on coming out, even Lavishka, you know, guys that now are, are counted as, you know, basically top 20 dynasty wide receivers i mean where, where are you at on those yeah um coming into coming into the draft process i was really hoping that jalen waddle was going to be there at where, where do we pick johnny 11 right for the giants yeah yeah, yeah i was really hoping he was going to be there at 11 he was my wide receiver too after mr jamar chase who just went for 100 and a touchdown this week yeah he looked so, very good you know the ankle injury it didn't it didn't scare me off because he came back for Alabama in that championship game and he had a play where I believe he caught a drag route or something like that. And you know, right when the ball touched his fingertips, like he just he just took off. Like you know, he only went like three or four yards downfield, but the the one step plant shoot back up the field, you know, I, I wasn't doubting his uh his return or his athleticism on the comeback, all that stuff. So yeah, like Johnny was saying, I do have I think out of like 15 or so leagues, I have about four or five shares. You degenerate. Uh, My God. (laughs) (laughs) Disgusting. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm just busting your balls. What do you think, Nikki? Where where are you at on this class? I mean, overall, again, do we feel like this class is comparable to last year's class? I mean, do we see this being the same type of depth and 
production, right? Because last year we had guys that were just, I mean, they were blowing up and, and it wasn't just Justin Jefferson. It was yeah, no, a whole no. class. Clay, Chase Claypool with a three touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Judy, yeah, so obviously. Many. I mean, I don't think it has the depth of like 2020 of their draft class. I really don't. But I do think Chase, we'll talk, I'll talk about him a little later. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Smith, I think will be good. I think Waddle will be good. I like Elijah Moore and Terrace Marshall still. I even like Nico. Talk to um, me about Elijah Moore. I mean, what do you guys think? Obviously, this last week he had a he had a rough yeah. outing. You know, I mean, there wasn't anything really to talk about. It Corey wasn't. Davis went off, but I mean, Zach Wilson struggled, rightfully so. He's a rookie. It's his first game. He had moments where he looked incredible. He was climbing the pocket. He was making his reads. You know, the moments where he looked like a rookie, right? But like, what do we feel Elijah Moore, his type of output this season is going to look like? Well, I think it's going to be a slow start. Like, you know, before last year, because we were so lucky, we had such a great class. People forget wide receivers typically take at least like half a season to become fantasy relevant if they do their first year. If not, second year breakouts are much more common wide receivers. And I don't think it's going to be like last year when all these wide receivers are booming. Like, I think you might get two or three maybe that are going to be off rip. Like, you could start every week and not really think about it. But I don't who are those who them. are those guys for you? For me, honestly, I would put Chase there. Like he's a flexible guy. I mean, where his ADP was going, you probably have him at like your two, your wide receiver two or three if you go zero running mm-hmm. back. But like to me, there's a lot better options there. Even though I do like him, I think he'll be good. Waddle, I'd say could be there. Depends on like you know, Tua looked okay last game, and now Will Fuller's coming back, so you got to see how that goes. Really, I kind of hold off on a lot of Miami pass catching targets for this week because you don't know how stuff plays out with Fuller. You know, Devontae Parker's there, Gasicki's there, even though I don't. That's like what I'm him. saying. And Gasicki yeah. just gave a goose egg. Yeah, I know that. Well, I mean, you know, look at what Waddle did this last week, though. You know, I I think. And just to challenge you guys, it was a very solid week. Yeah. I mean, he had five reception, five targets for, uh, for 60, 61 yards and a touchdown. So the thing about it is, and I think his average yard per target or per catch was yeah, about 15 yards per um, yards per catch. So when you look at, when you look at Waddle, he fits what Tua does really well. And, And I understand last season, a lot of people looked at Tua and they said, he's a bust. There's no hope. He's this and that dude. He was coming off a career ending injury for some people, you know, other people, he was able to come back from it. He had a rough outing for a lot of those games, but there was a couple games. You saw those flashes, but the problem was he couldn't step into those throws with the type of velocity in his hips to really release the ball the way that we saw him do at Alabama. So I, I think adding Waddle to that offense, it doesn't matter if Will Fuller comes out. It doesn't matter what Devontae Parker does. Good players command targets. Darren Waller did this, throughout the last couple of years. I and mean, what he had ridiculous. I mean, good players, just their, their quarterbacks want to throw to them. That's just how it is. They trust them. And Jalen Waddle's already proven to Tua, like, Hey man, I'm open. I'm going to be here. You got me. We played together. I know you, we have that relationship. I, I know you can trust me to know that if you throw me the ball, I'm going to go up and get it. And, and I'm going to be there where you need me to be. So um, Waddle's one of the guys, I think in that question I asked is I'm plug and play with him every week. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think Devonte Smith, I'm there. Uh, Rondell yeah, Moore. That's the other guy. That's my yeah. three Waddle Smith and chase. Okay. And then like you were asking about Elijah Moore. Yeah. I think he's more of that second half breakout kind of guy. Okay. Like Zach Wilson was hyper targeting Corey Davis through the preseason. Like if he you trust watched, him. like yeah. it was pretty obvious and, and I think we our takeaway from that is Corey Davis has shown he's a true alpha. He's what oh, yeah, we he's thought he was when he came out of college. On your team, yeah. Three. 
Um, I think he's, I think he could be not that he's a wide receiver one on your team, but he's, he's has potential to be a wide receiver one in your wide receiver two slot, which is just, no, it's it's free money at the ADP. He was being drafted at what was he round eight or seven or eight in redraft in dynasty. In Dynasty, he was oh, Dynasty, think, sure. maybe even later than that. Like I don't redraft, he was around on, round seven in redraft. Okay, yeah. So I mean, that, there you go. I mean, that's another point that we we like to make on our show and we talk about very often is is value spent or value you know attached to something versus value gained. If you if you spent a ninth round you know draft capital on a player and you're able to get that guy to perform at a wide receiver two, wide receiver one level, I mean, you're obviously you're crushing it, and that's that's how you win league. So. um so Colin, one one more thing before I ask you about what you think about these guys, but yeah, Nico Collins, someone we called out, yes, way, late, like yeah, back in that, August. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw, he had a pretty solid game, but that touchdown that got called back mm-hmm. it was for the OPI, I thought it was it was not OPI first off, <laughs> and it was a nice play. Like that's a play that you see like a veteran guy making, adjusting the feet in the end zone to like you know control the ball. Yeah, I thought it was Nico. a great play. He's what do you think about that? Uh, like you were talking about how Elijah Moore might be the second round, the second half breakout, but I I definitely see that as as Nico Collins. Like, oh, it was exciting. Yeah. It, it was like you know maybe even by like week four or five that you know we know the Texans are going to be dining games. We know that whether it's Tyrod Taylor or Davis Mills or Deshaun Watson, haha. Uh, um, <laughs> when no matter who it is, they're throwing to they're throwing the ball all game. So. I, I think Nico Collins is undoubtedly probably their most talented guy. Even like Brandon Cooks is there, but he's old. And I think, you know, football is a young man's game. So I think by the second half of the season, I don't want to say Justin Jefferson type of breakout because, you know, Justin Jefferson is obviously he finished as a top 12 receiver on the year. He's just a lot of people's dynasty wide receiver one. But that that kind of situation where if you pick up Nico Collins and it's, you know, week 12, 13, 14, et cetera, by that time, I think you can start him safely as like a wide receiver three. Yeah, I love Nico. I, agree. I mean, he was a bully. You know what I mean? Coming out, especially, I think a lot of um, one of my buddies, Shane, he's a big uh, Michigan fan. He he's been all over the guy, you know, since he came out. And I think you look at what a player like that can do in that offense next to a Brandon cooks. It just gives you the ability to be able to kind of take over. So I agree. I think second half is a, is a good place for him. And um, again, Waddle, um, I think Devonte Smith would be my other. And then you guys know I'm a Rondell Moore guy. Uh, I think those would be my three for this year. You know, obviously this week, listen, I was saying that Christian Kirk wasn't much of anything. Um, I felt like he was going to kind of phase out. He had a huge week this week. I mean, huge. Yeah, he really did. He looked really good. He was quick. He looked agile. I mean, his ability to be able to get open, it was, it was really, really, um, I don't know. It, it was a little bit of a challenge for me because I'm like, all right, cool. So, like, Rondell's going to go ahead and kind of plug into this, and, and it looked a little bit different. So, um, anyway, th- those are my three right there, uh, Waddle, Rondell, and, and Smith. I'm excited to see what these rookies can do this year. I think Terrace Marshall is another one we've talked yeah. about, Con. Uh, I know mm-hmm. you're really, really high on him. I think in that offense, it might be tough for him to get going just because of what they have, you know, with Robbie Anderson being a guy that Matt rule obviously likes a lot. He already has chemistry with Sam Darnold. Um, DJ Moore is the alpha of that offense. Um, I don't care what anybody says. He's going to command his targets. I agree. Yeah. No, I mean, I know you think long-term Terrace Marshall kind of takes over that role though. No. 
Um, I, I do think that, you know, like definitely not this year, you know, I, like I think Terrace Marshall is extremely talented, but at the same time, I have to respect what DJ Moore has done. You know, yeah. you're obviously a big fan and, you know, what is it, three, 3,000 yard seasons in a row. Like I have to, I have to respect that. I have to give him his flowers for that. Well, um, I mean, the guy is just, he's consistently come out and, and proven himself. You know what I mean? Even yeah. his rookie year. I mean, I think he had, yeah, it was close to about 800 yards. His big thing is touchdowns, right? That's the big knock on him is like, he's not scoring touchdowns. But I think yeah. when that positive regression does hit, people are going to look back and they're going to be like, why did I fade this guy? Like he's 24 years old. And and again, he's going to, this year he'll, he'll hit, I'm very confident he'll hit over 1100 yards, which he's had 1175, 1193. And then, you know, obviously this season, he started off to a great start, six receptions for 80 yards, no touchdowns again. So I get it. You know, that's the big knock on him, but I think we're going to see that. We're <laughs> yeah. going to see that um, evolve this season. Um so yeah, I you think know, that kind of go wait, ahead. Hold on, I want to say one thing. Yeah, so so with Elijah Moore, you know, I I, I really like Elijah Moore. Um, I think he's a great player. The fact that he produced while AJ Brown and DK Metcalf were there at Ole Miss, you know, the fact that he still garnered targets with them in the offense, that just shows the type of respect that he commands. But in terms of you know the ceiling that he carries as a dynasty asset, you know, just he he's not an alpha receiver. And a lot of times people get caught up in that. You know, what does it mean specifically? Yada, yada, yada. For me, it means it's a guy that it's not, he's not going to be finishing year in, year out, like top 18, top 20 type of guy. So when he got drafted and everybody was on the Elijah Moore hype train and everybody was kind of hating on the landing spot that Terrace Marshall was in, I went heavy in on trading Elijah Moore for Terrace Marshall, uh, Elijah Moore for like, you know, future first and a future third, stuff like that. And I guarantee you it has nothing to do with Elijah Moore's the talent. It's just, you know, like I said with Rondell Moore, there's some guys that I cannot buy at the prices that they're at because I don't see the ceiling for them. Even though even though they're young guys, I really I really only care about receivers if they're gonna be top 12, 15 guys for their for their entire careers. That's why I like Terrace. I see him as a guy very claypool esque in terms of how how humongous he is and how he'll just, he's just going to naturally have touchdowns, you know, when they're in the round, they're going to look for him, you know, throw it up, he'll catch it, all that stuff. So I'm, I'm looking forward to him and DJ Moore, how they look past this season together, because I think they're going to be a phenomenal 1A and 1B for years to come. Yeah, and, and in reference to that, Nick, let, let's get your your take on that, on a trade that Con and I made, because you're talking about how high you are on Terrace Marshall. You're talking yeah. about what, what type of player you see him as. You're saying okay. – yeah, we want. I want your insight on this. So, Con and I obviously we made that trade the other day. It was so it's a it's a tight end premium league, guys. It's two points per reception for tight ends. Um, so they're very very valuable. Um, Constantine is in a rebuild. I'm a competing team, so I offered him. It was Irv Smith, a 23 second and two 22 thirds. Um, two of the picks, the second and the third. One of them was from a team that we all feel is a kind of a weak roster, so they'll be somewhat early. Um, we thought it was a very fair trade. I thought I overpaid a little bit. Some people felt like it wasn't. Nick, I'm just curious, you know, where are your thoughts on that deal? You know, if you're in a tight end premium league, obviously, if you're a rebuilding team, do you value an Irv Smith and in, in those picks over a player like Irv, on Terrace Marshall, or do you feel like you'd rather hold Marshall? Well, I've always been a big Irv Smith guy, and it was devastating yeah. when he went down this year. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, what do you say? It was two seconds and a third. It was a, a second, two thirds, and and Terrace Marshall, for, or I'm sorry, Irv Smith for Terrace Marshall, yeah. So the two thirds I view is like not much really. The second and Irv Smith for 
Terrace Marshall. I mean, if I'm rebuilding, what, I don't know what the tight end situation was on your roster, Con. So, I mean, if you didn't really have one, like Irv Smith, I do like him. Yeah. You didn't yeah, really I, have I, one, yeah. Oh, okay. So that makes sense for you. I do. I think it's kind of even, honestly. I, I like both players. I like Marshall a lot. And I like Irv Smith as well. Like, I have him on so many IRs. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But I, th- that, I think. I think one of the reasons why I asked that is because what we try to talk about specifically here, guys, is roster construction. When you're building a team, especially in a rebuild, you want to have cornerstone pieces you're building around. Listen, here's the reality of it. If I'm rebuilding, I want to have my quarterbacks set up. I want to have a solid young tight end, Mm -hmm. and I want to have a a good, decent amount of depth at wide receiver, just young, high – upside wide receivers. And I don't really give a shit about running backs because guess what? They're getting replaced every single year. Look at this year. We had Najee, Javante. Last year we had Swift. We had Taylor. We had Gibson. CEH. Hilaire, Dobbins, Akers. I mean, the year before that, I mean, every year we're seeing, you know, Jacob Sanders before that. I mean, we have every year guys coming out. Yeah, Montgomery. I mean, consistently you're seeing guys come out and they're, they're performing top five top eight, top 10, top 12. So when it comes to rebuilding, I think when you're looking at what do I want to do? How do I want to construct this roster? It's making sure you're set up with your cornerstone values. It's making sure you have those top tight ends and tight end premium because people will fade tight end. I've completely reverted from that where I always want one of those top guys. And I think Irv Smith has the type of upside and talent. I think he's yeah. a much better talent than a Gusecki, than a Godare, but he just hasn't had the opportunity yet. This was his year. It's been derailed. We'll see what happens next Buying year. So that's what I wouldn't trip me. over it because he was going to be 23 going into this year. Yep. And I was so sure young. he was going to yeah. break out. Like Kyle Rudolph's gone. Eric Smith's so talented. He was catching on at the end of the last year. I think he had. He a, was. I don't know how many touchdowns, but he had like a two touchdown game and he had a few others. I know like maybe five he had. I you know, I, I love seeing the the waiver wire, like, you know, like the people wanting to jump on KJ Osborne because he got seven targets this week. And and those people who are, you know, bidding 10%, 15% fab for KJ Osborne are not realizing that those seven targets, if Irv Smith is healthy, he's getting it's probably two or three. Yeah, he's going to, Irv Smith would have taken five, four. Six even exactly. we're taking some from everybody, but yeah, and that's 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 the thing. I mean, Nick, you're you're referencing the New Orleans game. He had nine nine targets, six receptions, fifty three yards, and two touchdowns. And then mm-hmm. in week nine, he had the two touchdowns. It was only for two yards. So they were both in the red zone, but that's he is fine. the type of guy that Kirk Cousins is going to look like look for yeah. in the end zone. And Kirk we don't Cousins know. even look for Kyle Rudolph in the end zone, and they're yeah, just replacing him. Yeah, yeah, he loved him there. And here's the here's the very simple reality: Kirk Cousins could be gone next year, and you could have a nice young, talented quarterback. I mean, who knows? Spencer Rattler could be the guy. They were trying to trade up with the Giants for Justin Fields. So if Kirk Cousins doesn't do what's necessary, and I know this last week people were frustrated with him, if you're not able to have a guy that's going to be able to go in there and do his job, they very realistically could sell the farm, move up to a top pick, and get a new QB. And then you're sitting there and you're like, oh, man, I hate Irv Smith. I don't like his situation. Well, guess what? You bought low on that player, and now you have a tight end that could end up being a crazy value with Justin Jefferson because Adam Thielen's older. He's another player that's going to phase yeah. out. So again, you're always projecting forward. You're always looking at what can a situation be um, as we move on and, and as players you know, evolve and they get better, other players get old. 
there's just so many things that can happen. But again, this was really just a, a quick sidebar for us to talk a bit, a little bit about roster construction and what you're looking to do specifically in a, in a rebuild. Um, kind of moving on from there, I think our next topic we wanted to touch on, just because it's been talked about so much on Twitter. And, and again, this is just a real quick overview. Elijah Mitchell, you know, oh, we talked yes. about that air. You talked about that offense in San Fran. Nick must have texted us at least 30 times. Are you sure I should spend this much fab on my guy? No, I upped it. I, upped it from <laughs> I know. I, I know. You said, how much did you end up spending on him? So I spent 55. You know, if you listen to the fantasy footballers, you'll understand why. I was like, <laughs> you know, shout out to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, we need that drop. So, yeah, I was like, listen, in this league, it was a redraft. So I, we had 100 fab each. And I started at like 40. No, my, my friend told me, he's like, oh, I'm going to spend 40. He didn't even spend 40. He was just trolling me. <laughs> <laughs> so I put like, I think I had 25 at first because later that day, um, it came out that Mostert was going to miss the whole season, not just eight weeks. So then I'm like, wow, like this could be really, really could be next, like this year's James Robinson. Yeah. Like there's a chance in that run heavy offense that 437 carries in 2020. They really are looking at two backs right now. Um, he's still only got one touch, so I'm not really worried about him. Um, so, yeah, I spent 55% of my fab, and I feel good about it. He's my RB4 in that league. He's on my second flex spot with DeAndre Swift in my first, and I feel pretty good about it. Like, I'm not saying it's a guarantee at all that he's going to be James Robinson of 2021, but I'm saying that in that backfield, even if he is the 1B behind Trey Sermon, he is going to be valuable. Yeah. And for myself, you know, I always stack up as many, as many running backs as possible in redraft. Uh, you know, I think it's just the way they go. I think you guys would all agree. Mm-hmm. And um, it's funny you say that. Not to cut you off in my redraft league. So my buddy does that big league. I told you he sucks at fantasy football and I do his league <laughs> for him. Um, they use ESPN old school league. I dropped our defense because I don't care. And I picked up Kenny Gainwell because no one grabbed him. So like yeah, everyone's talking about Elijah Mitchell. Pickup. I love it. I look on the wire because we had like, I think it was last priority. So I knew we weren't going to get him. I put in a bid. It didn't matter. They don't do fab. They just do reverse order because they're idiots. Um, oh, the Stone Age. Yeah, they just yeah. they just kick or defense. It sucks, man. Like one flex spot, I hate it. But every year we we've we've been in either third or fourth because of like a plethora of injuries. So this year he's been freaking out. It's like I need another running back. So I saw Gainwell there and I snagged him off waivers. So again, guys, that's another player. I think it's probably over. They've been picked up, but no one was really talking about him as like a, a waiver wire guy. And I mean, maybe some people were. I just didn't see a lot of traction on it's like it's just he wasn't available as many waivers as uh a mitchell was people already owned him i don't think i don't think it's just because my league has a little bit of a deeper bench than the standard redraft i think it's like eight bench ours has like five it's yeah that's the normal so that's why we didn't have him on our waivers but yeah so what i did is you know i have a league where i have Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, DeAndre Swift, and Roland Jones. So once I left like the eighth and ninth round and I had those four guys, I didn't take a running back the whole time. I just I just left it alone. Um and I'm weak at receiver. My wide receiver three is Will Fuller. This is a different league from the one I was talking about earlier. But um so what I did was you know, I there's two or three leagues, two or three teams in this league that are just desperate for running back. You know, Damian Harris is somebody's RB2. Miles Gaskin is somebody's RB2. Um, and Daryl Henderson was another guy's RB1. So I 
emptied out the fab for Elijah Mitchell out of a hundred bucks, put in $71. I got him and I sold him to the team with Daryl Henderson as the RB one. And I got Kenny Galladay. So now I'm starting Kenny G as my third receiver. We'll fully down to my flex. Um, and I was going to have Ayuk as that second flex with Ronald Jones, but now nah, I just took him off for Will Fuller. Yeah. yeah. So you got Kenny G for 71 fab. Yeah. And the way that I think about that is like, you know, I just turned 71 fab dollars into what, like an extra seventh or eighth round pick. Yeah. yeah. So that's great. Yeah. I haven't traded my share yet. I might, but I also might not mind flexing him. Yeah. You know, one thing like that I wanted to touch on and in our notes over here, you know, it says, um, potential James Robinson of the season, but he's just not going to get the work that Robinson did. And, you know, people can be bullish. You know, I'm not going to blame you for that. He looked great on Sunday, but just the nature of the Niners, Kyle Shanahan, like we said, he's going to have his tell all book about all the buffoonery behind the scenes. I, I can't, I can't trust it. I feel like there's a huge, you know, gap, uh, not, not gap, but a huge window right now where you can cash in, and you can get a piece that's for sure season long. You know, Elijah Mitchell, while, while he looked good, you never know what happens with Trey Sermon. You never know what happens with Jermichael Hasty. You never know what happens if he gets injured. You know, San Francisco running backs seem to go down like like it's nobody's business. Between Jeff Wilson, Mostert every season, you know, here, there, yada, yada. Um, so I the way that I'm feeling about it is – I'm picking up Jeff Wilson if I can. I'm picking up Jamichael Hasty if I can after I've shipped off Elijah Mitchell. You know, it's kind of similar to what people were saying about the Tampa Bay receivers room uh, with Evans, Godwin, AB, you know, take the cheapest one and they're probably going to re- return similar value. Like, you know, yeah. I, I just take the cheapest one, you know, just hope the situation plays out in my favor after I cash in on Mitchell. No, yeah. yeah. So I agree. So one thing I wanted to say, clear up, I was not really saying he's going to be like producing James Robinson numbers. I'm just saying for what's left of the waiver wire, yeah, I really bad. don't know if there's another player that <laughs> yeah. can like. It has that potential. The, I'm not, okay, yeah. He has that potential to do that is what you're saying, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. saying he's going to be at RB5, like the RB5. <laughs> no, I, was, I, wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to give you a slap in the face, Nikki, I promise. No, I know that. I know that. I'm just <laughs> no, it's good to there. clarify though, because yeah, yeah, people yeah. can misunderstand what he's no, saying, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I get I what you're coming from. Here, say, you know, oh, but, but I have you top know, five, the RB five yeah. on the year. I don't want them to think that. No, but at one point in the season, are we going to see a guy with the type of potential that you could blow your fab exactly. on that That's he has that ability? Yeah. And here's the reality of it too. Say you spent all that fab on him. Well, it's like you said, Con. You could turn that fab that you spent on that player into a seventh round value. It's all about value gained every time, no matter what you're doing. You yes. have a player that you get off waivers. I can't tell you. I picked up two freaking tight ends, Tyler Croft and, and Conkling. Guess what? I flipped them for seconds. I used that second to get Jalen Waddle. Like it's consistently taking pieces and adding them to deals and using them as almost like a puzzle. You know what I mean? And I'm and this is a league with good owners. The guy that I was dealing with, very stingy. He doesn't like to make trades. He's always looking to upgrade his team, but he's looking for ways that he can add value and, and always kind of kind of hang you over the coals. You know what I mean? Like he's not going to just give you pieces to give him away. So yeah. when I did that, I was like, I felt good. I'm like, man, you know, I really play the wire, wire, wire. Well, I looked at weaknesses on his roster. I knew we needed tight ends. It wasn't a great deal for him, but he did it. So point to you, it's not about him being the next James Robinson. It's about, is he the next guy this season that we grab off waivers that ends up being decent and you can use him and maybe you throw him in your RB2 spot 
or you just end up trading him and you get value for him. I think James Robinson last year, my favorite move was I picked him up in the 24th round. He got the job. He had a huge week one or week two. I, I traded him for Juju, you know, and a lot of people don't love Juju, but I mean, Juju was drafted in the third round in this league. Like, I think I can be okay with that. You know what yes. I mean? Regardless of what Juju's finish was. I think he had 90 receptions last year anyway. Yeah, you did sell early, but you still... You still yeah, I sold early. It's okay. Yeah, I still got a good value. I just want a victory lap real quick because I hate Atlanta Fournette, so I had James Robinson. Here we go. Every league, last pick of the draft. Thank you very much. How your ears, Joey? <laughs> so, yeah. I, I did trade him like round like week like two or three because i i needed a receiver i traded him for marquise brown but that was only one league out of like eight who oh, uncle lenny no 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 james robinson bro. you can't oh, victory lap i'm not letting you victory after you just said that just what? stop talking no no victory oh, lap was, marquise was, brown for freaking yeah i mean come on he's already well, four well, in the year all right it was marquise brown and a two for james robinson that i got but i was his biggest fan before leonard fournette got cut so that's fair. And he was RB7 on the year. I apologize. Um, so real quick, before we move on to our next topic, we got a question. Our boy David um, also edits for us. Give him a shout out, guys. Awesome person. Oh, yeah, shout out to um, David. He has a question for us, and it's a really good one, actually. So who is the player you are sitting that everyone else is starting this week? And I really like that because I feel like that's a ballsy call, right? Like you're, you're yeah. literally saying like, Hey, this is who everybody loves this week. This is who I don't, I'm going to go ahead and go first. Just give you guys a second. Cause I had, saw the question, had a minute to look at it. Um, I'm going to go with Lavishka. And the reason for that is, is I feel, um, I'm sorry. I meant to say shark. I'm going to go with shark this week. So shark. they're playing Denver, right? Yeah. I feel like Lavishka has the ability to actually do really well while shark is actually going to be going up against a better defender, right? Cause he's the one there he's shown he's the guy, he's the alpha. He's the um, one for now. Well, for now. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Lavishka's both of our guys as, yes. as like the emerging, you know, one in that alpha, alpha in that, in that yeah, yeah. don't talk to me. Exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> I believe DJ Chark is the one that you're going to see actually have a rough week. Now I could be totally wrong on this. I just feel they're playing Denver. You look at the matchup, he's going to be going against a nasty secondary. I think Lavishka is a guy that's going to eat underneath. Trevor Lawrence is obviously going to be getting a ton of pass rush against Bradley Chubb, who probably will be back this week. He was out against the Giants. They sat him to make sure that he was healthy. Von Miller, he's going to be looking for that safety blanket, and I think Lavishka is definitely going to be the guy that's going to eat in that. So DJ Chark, a lot of people are feeling super confident after last week. I'm going to go against the grain on that um, and just go ahead and say sit him and 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 fire up those Lavishka shares because I think you're going to see him have a, a really nice week. I'm thinking, you know, probably a nice stat line of, you know, 8, 90, and, you know, maybe a touchdown, something something around that line. Okay. What do you so, think, Nick? Um, funny enough, I was actually debating today. So, so I did pick up Elijah Mitchell in that league, so he's in my second flex. So I have the – Allen Robinson, T. Higgins, A.B., and Claypool. I was trying to decide who to sit, and I can't sit Robinson. I can't sit Higgins. So it's really between A.B. and Claypool. And as much as I do like Claypool, I'm going to start A.B. over Claypool this week. So he's on my bench. I'm not necessarily saying go bench him in every league. I'm just saying that's personally the decision I came to. You know, I'm not making that same mistake. Here's the apology. Russell Gates last week, <laughs> the worst call of my life. I got too cute with it. Uh, with me. I lost in my league. So you know what? Nick was sick. I haven't. Oh, man. I lost with you. I lost to a team I shouldn't have lost to. No shade. <laughs> oh, 
but, Dynasty JD. Yeah, and <laughs> our boy JL Mitchell. Us in two points, including yeah. Oh, they made him sick. This uh, tanking. He lost to a tanking team. They- <laughs> I only lost by six points with Aaron Rodgers having one, Ronald Jones having point four, and Gage having. No, no, zero. no. Ronald Jones had negative six, didn't he? Nah, oh, not, no, in that format. For it was yeah, 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 yeah. My fault. So yeah, so Claypool is a guy I have on the bench. It's not a slight to Claypool. I would. I'm just not betting. Not that I bet against AB. He was in all my other rosters, but he's gonna be in every roster. Right. My my guy that I'm a little bit skeptical about for this week it's Miles Sanders, and it's it's not really anything to do with his talent. It's just the Niners had Jason Red go down with a torn ACL. Mm. You know, I'm not Every sure. Year, if, I feel bad. Yeah, you know, and and his career is really a crazy what if, right? He was really yeah. good, but um, not his second. What? And then his second ACL tear, bro. For his career, it might be like his third or fourth. Really? I know he's yeah. had a few like season-ending injuries. It's really yeah. sad. Like you said, mm-hmm. he's a great player, just been derailed. So with with Miles Sanders. Obviously, you know, Brandon Brooks was back. He was he was really good, and they were running the ball well. I just think that the focal point of the offense is going to be Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, Dallas Goddard, without, you know, Verrett back there. A little bit more stress in the secondary. And trying to avoid Nick Bosa, you know, um, just in the whole defensive line they got over there. They got a bunch of monsters in San Francisco. So I'm not too keen on starting Miles Sanders this week. Actually, you know, I'd, I'd start Kareem Hunt over him just because of the matchup against Houston, mm-hmm. getting his carries. Chase Edmonds against Minnesota, I'd start him. Miles Gaskin against Buffalo, he's going to get, you know, his typical four or five receptions from Tua. I would start him. Um, Even like what we saw from Jamal Williams, where he caught like, you know, he he got his he got his market share for sure. I'm not sure on his exact numbers, but he, he was had the involved. same fantasy points as DeAndre Swift in my league. They both had 27. Yeah, bro. Like really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he he was J- JP. He was really involved, man. So I he I like tries- a lot of. What? All right, sorry. Keep going. I'm sorry. I just I was <laughs> I got, I'm I'm like researching why you're saying that because I didn't. Yeah. Was, yeah. That big week. So yeah, wow. Um, I have there's a lot of options that I'd be pivoting. Over uh, Miles Sanders for this week. Okay. No, I like yeah, it. I respect and, it. And to go back to Nick's point about AB, guys, he's not crazy. I mean, they are playing the Atlanta Falcons, so that secondary is obviously due to you saw what Jalen Hurts was able to do to them. I think Tom yeah. Brady has the ability to do the same plus some. I don't know. Um, you think Tom Brady's better than Jalen Hurts, bro? I know. It's a hot take, but I'm kind of leaning <laughs> that way. Tw- on Twitter it is. Yeah, on Twitter it is. <laughs> um, but no, just to kind of solidify what Nick was saying, I like those guys. I think that's good. Um, kind of moving along. Um, I wanted to just really quick, I think we're kind of getting to the end of the pod um, for today's episode, but I know we have our dogs of the week. I did want to just quick chance to you know talk some trades. Um, one of the ones I made and, and I'm proud of this deal. So I do want to talk about it. I referenced it in the earlier sure. episode, part of the episode. Um, so last night I dealt, um, it was Clyde Edwards, Hilaire and Debo Samuel for Javante Williams and a first and a third. Now that first is projected to be late, but I already have two firsts in that league. I felt like I wanted to get a little bit younger and I was looking around and one of the teams that's rebuilding had a and he has I think three or four first. So I figure, you know what, I'm going to make this deal and then I'll go find a way to get AU. So I made a deal. Everyone laughed at me. Um, Constantine was one of them. Um, what? You know. Oh, did you, were you in my favor when you, when you made the comments? Javante in a one for CH and yes, yes. Bro. Oh, because, oh. I, because, I, right. because I have Javante over uh, CH and dynasty. 
I feel even better about the deal now. There was, all right, there we go. You have my blessing, bro. All right, so I feel even better about this. So then I was able to turn around and trade. um, It was a late first and a third for AU. So it ended up being Hilaire and Debo for AU and Javante. And, um, you know, this again, you know, I was talking to a buddy of mine. He was asking me about a trade and trying to look at, you know, kind of forecasting, you know, if you make this deal and you're trying to move pieces to, to another deal, do you usually try to have them put together? For me, I, I always like to map out, like when I look at my team, you know, whether it be before the season, after the season, during the season, I say, what are my goals with this roster? Do I feel like it's a contender or a pretender, right? And you always have to be real with yourself. If you're not a top three team, or you get don't out. think you can compete for a rule, uh, yeah, for a trophy. Just get out, rebuild, and and it doesn't mean you tear the whole th- thing down. I mean, get yourself in a position where you're either a top competing team, or you're you're in a position to get some picks, and you're able to build up because. There's nothing worse than being a team that is in purgatory. I know people I've played in leagues with where they're just always good, but not good enough. And they always are selling out for that year and they're paying for it the year after and the year after and the year after because they never want to rebuild and feel like they wasted their money. But what you end up doing is you end up costing yourself down the road. So um, this is a league that I felt like, you know what, I can still compete. I'll have three first. I have a young roster. So it's like I can have fun. But at the same time, it doesn't really matter how the year ends because I have multiple firsts. Um, so just a deal that I thought, you know, kind of made sense to talk about just because I feel like a lot of people are in that position in leagues where they don't know what they are, but they want to make moves and, and kind of have fun with it. And, and it was one of those one of those types of trades. Um, Con, Nick, you guys got one that you made recently that kind of sticks out to you or no? Uh, not even. I, I've been talking a lot, but, you know, week one, people are always, you know, on uh, on alert that they're not overreacting. And, and whatnot so i'll make an offer for a player and somebody's like yeah but it's just week one i don't want to overreact to cut bay just yet and i'm like you know i can respect it it's all right no we'll yeah. come back yeah. later yeah i've been talking a lot of trades but nothing's gone through so nothing I mean, this would have accepted that josh allen trade it would have but hey. <laughs> our boys on, on watch right now all right let's move on to our dogs of the week guys um, so this oh, is, yeah. again, a segment we're going to do each and every week. Um, just guys we're high on, we feel have a good opportunity to show out this week. Um, you know, they're going to be guys that we consistently are going to bet on and, and kind of just put our hope in. Um, this week, my guy is Mac Daddy Jones. I like him more and more each and every week. I think I said to you all last episode or the one before that I really shifted on him and gotten to a point where I'm like, all right, yeah, like. I like this guy. You know, I I was low on him. I felt like the lack of mobility and the lack of um, creativity in in his movement and and athleticism was kind of holding him back. I was a dummy, you know, and and I feel really, really good about shifting because I think I have him in three leagues now. Um, But yeah, so he's a player that I really like a lot this week. I feel like he's an auto start against New York Jets. Um, Bill Belichick is always going to scheme up good defense and a strong game plan for his team, um, especially offensively. And I love what Mac Jones can do this week. So that's my dog of the week. Nick, where are you at? So real quick, totally forgot until you brought that up. I did make a trade yesterday. Oh, okay. In a rebuild, I sent Teddy Bridgewater (laughs) a late 22 first and a 23 second for Mac Jones. I remember you texted me. About I paired that. I him with Josh Allen in that league. I love it. Yeah. No, I love Mac Jones as a buy right now. Um, he's a guy that I think he's going to continue to keep looking better and better. Um, obviously, he's in a great system over there in, New, in um, New England. And then, you know, I mean, Bill Belichick is just the kind of coach. He's going to get the best out of his players. He's doing what Joe Judge says he wants to do. He's using his players to the best of their ability. So, Exactly. Um, 
Yeah. So go ahead. Who's your Who's your guy this week? So bounce back. We forget about week one. Move on. Week two against the Chicago Bears. T. Higgins is going to be my start of the week. Last week, he had five targets, brought in four of them for 58 yards and a touchdown, had some nice routes. And just to clear up some things real, real quick, I've seen some tweets. I know Khan's seen them, and he commented on them. Is it about the... Jamar Chase is not the number and one. will not for the 2021 <laughs> NFL season overtake the six foot four, 215-pound T. Higgins as the wide receiver one of the Bengals' offense. Will it happen in the future? I see it more as a 1A, 1B thing. I don't think T. Higgins is going to get totally, you know, taken over from Jamar Chase. I love Jamar Chase's talent. But this year, it's T. Higgins still. And I'm riding with him this week against Chicago. You know, yeah. I mean, I think it it's fair, Sorry, too. No, 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 you're good. You're good. I was just going to really quick, I was going to say, I mean, Jamar had seven targets week one. He was very good. Um, he, he had five. Good. They both had good weeks. It's going to be the type of offense that's going to pass a lot. Yep. Um, I don't think it's unfair to say that you feel like they're both going to be on pace together and you feel T could outpace Jamar. Um, he's a rookie. I mean, he blew up week one, right? So it's, of course, people are going to be like, I knew it. This was my guy all along. Well, screw you. You know what I mean? Like, I know Same a lot of things. saying we, he couldn't catch a football because that's. Yeah, no that's what I, I was literally just about to say that. You know, people knew a lot of stuff and then he can't catch stuff in preseason. Everyone's jumping off shit. You know, I got people on Twitter saying, we've known that Jamar Chase wasn't that guy. And then guess what? You didn't tweet a thing about him all week. Where were you? What happened? You were so confident. You didn't have anything to say. I mean, come on now, like either say what you're going to say and stick to it or, or don't. You know what I mean? We Nick, you know, you picked a guy and he didn't do so well last week. You cost yourself a win in one of our leagues. But it's yeah, right with it. I don't just put the people out to dry. I try yeah, yeah, we exactly. I, I have you guys know, text me and ask me about starts. I'm like, dude, if this doesn't work out, I'm failing with you. Yeah. You know, one thing that like starting this this up with you guys is when we tweet, when we get on this podcast and we talk to the people that listen or when when we decide to rank somebody over another person, every time we do something like that, I think to myself, OK, for this season or, you know, for the rest of their careers or for yada, 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 am I OK, like doing this? Am I, am I sure this is something I want to put my name behind and yeah. my, and my reputation and all that stuff? And it's really easy to tweet from anonymous accounts. I've I've learned that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why you used to get but, banned all the time. <laughs> freaking guy, I'd be like, but, "What happened to Khan? He's a six freaking account." Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> but you know, when when we have the platform that we're building, or you know, we want to achieve, you know, we do our best, and and we make sure that we're not just talking out of our behind. We're not just saying things because we want you to hear them, and then we go behind your back and do something else. You know? Yeah, no. We, you know, Nick started Russell Gage, man, and he I lost. really did. They were in the league. So, yeah, you know. Over my know. guy that I've been calling since. That he bought from me. He bought Antonio Brown from me. He didn't start him. And yeah. No. Yep. So, we ride or die with our takes for sure, guys. Yeah. I mean, they can, you can. You can know that, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not, I mean, I, I have Michael Thomas in my top 12 dynasty wide receiver. I've told these guys, I want to post our, our dynasty rankings on our page because I want sure. you to see, and we're going to get that up this week. I, I promise you that we will have our dynasty rankings uploaded this week. John's going <laughs> a parent mode here. Yeah. I, I'm on con about it. We're going to get those up this week. And the, the reason I want to get them now is because I don't want people to feel like, 
we put something and we're changing. No, like yeah. these are what we live and breathe by. Again, we will be changing them actively though, because they are dynasty rankings. Yeah. They are yeah. Every, every few weeks you'll see those updated and you'll see changes and we're going to mark in there. It's going to say, you know, players moved up three rankings, moved down three rankings. You know, we're going to make sure there's transparency behind it. But point being, we live and die by these rankings. And these are guys that we believe in and we miss, we hit, when we hit, we preach about it. When we miss, we're going to tell you guys, hey, listen, I thought this guy was going to hit. I said on a podcast verbatim, Rondell Moore will outscore Jamar Chase this year. I could be very wrong on that. I could bottom out. But guess what? That's something I believe, and I'm firm enough in it that I'm willing to say it, and I'm willing to stand by it. And that's the only thing that we ask is that there's always transparency and accountability in our takes. And you know, I think you guys will hear that in each and every show. For sure. Yeah, so um last segment right or last piece of the segment right here my dog of the week is joe mixon and it's somebody who i wrote about somebody who i talked about on here and you know he had a great week one so if you're a mixon uh owner if you have him in whatever type of league you know he's playing the bears this week and i and i get it you know he got a huge workload he got a good amount of targets good game script and you could be thinking to yourself oh you know He's a little bit of an injury risk. He's a little bit of this. He's a little bit of that. Should I be trying to move him? And I'm telling you, firm, don't move Joe Mixon. Start him again this week against the Bears. I see people saying sell high, and I'm like, no, what do you mean hands, sell high? Joe this Mixon. is who he is. Diamond what are you hands. selling high? Listen, listen. You do not sell high on a guy. A top five talent. Bro, From I told you guys, from the last three games he played last season, involved in the passing game, this week, involved in the passing game, 20, what was it, 26 carries against the Vikings, 130-something mm-hmm. yards. You do not sell a guy this good in his situation, in this offense, with an improved line, with Joe Burrow, with T. Higgins, with Jamar Chase, with Tyler Boyd, with, you know, Zach Taylor, who I hope is figuring it out. You do not sell Joe Mixon, and you, you play him against the Bears this week, and you play him with confidence. And, you know, I see a lot of Mixon hate today, and that's why I want to put him as my dog of the week, because... That is my guy, and I don't care about his matchup. I care about his talent. I care about his workload. I care about the offense, and I care that he's going to score points no matter who he's playing against, and that's it. Yep. I agree. Bengals. So I, get, I get passionate about that because I'm yep. just I'm so freaking sick of people saying <laughs> to sell high on a top you know, talent. You're not you selling know, high. Yep. You're, you're appreciating his prime. Yes, and you're not waiting for this. You're not selling I, high. You're, you're diminishing the ceiling of your team. That's what you're doing. And so, you know what I'm going to tell you not to do? What happened? Don't go and buy it. Don't go and sell low on mostly anybody. I really don't yeah. think there's anyone else. Like sell. selling low Robert Woods. Don't do it. I saw someone Mike say. Mike Evans, don't do it. Yep. Sell. Johnny, remember I told you that I found someone said uh, sell low on James Robinson? Yeah, I do. Yeah, that. that I wouldn't do because certain people like to tweet stuff like that regularly because they they like to they like to shift back and forth to look like they're fluid, but really it's just stupidity. It's just it's just being fickle. So yeah. if you're selling low on James Robinson, I don't know what you're gonna sell low for, but whatever it is, when he has that game, when he just blows up and goes for one twenty and two touchdowns, you're gonna be looking like a clown, and that guy's gonna tweet, <laughs> "I told you you should keep and." Buy low on James Robinson, so please yeah. don't do it. Yeah, make your own uh, opinions. Well, and, and and again, I mean, we need to be fluid in our takes, and and then we're gonna wrap up here, guys. But you know, I, I think the big the big thing we want to make sure is you know you're, you're fluid in your takes. You understand that there's a lot of times that you're gonna be in on a guy because of big games, because of media, you know, news, whatever it may be. There's always gonna be emotion about it. Take that emotion out. 
there's nuances to dynasty and there's always understanding there's value dips and there's value highs, right? Like last year, AJ Brown, I think I bought him in four leagues throughout that time where the Texans, not the Texans, I'm sorry, the Titans had the, the COVID, COVID scares. They had, yeah. Issue. yeah. Well, he had the, the knee stuff. He had all this stuff going on and you're in a situation where you have a player that's basically a top wide receiver <laughs> and you have the opportunity where you could turn around and you can buy him. And I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just so much hype or you know so much depression on a player you have to take advantage of that i don't care who it is like kyle pitts for example he's a player i'm just not selling right now i don't care what happens because i feel his ceiling is way higher than where he's at so i think that you're in a situation where you know you have to look at that for each and every player but regardless thank you so much guys we're going to wrap up we appreciate you we look forward to speaking with you next week um otherwise um thank you so much and dennis dogs out take care Hey, everybody, and thanks again for joining us for another episode of Dynasty Dogs. As always, we appreciate you taking the time to listen, and we always have fun with you. Make sure you come back and join us next time, and please remember to be on the lookout for us on IG and Twitter at Dynasty Dogs FF, all one word for daily updates and content. This is Johnny P, Nick, and Khan. We'll see you next time.